You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. Stephen Simcox here with you. Appreciate you joining me on a Wednesday, November 18th. And Horn Frog fans, you have a chance tonight to watch something historic for TCU sports. Tonight at 7 o'clock, the NBA draft is going to take place. And Desmond Bain is projected to be drafted. Now, the mock drafts I've been looking at today, pretty much all of them have him in the first round. Uh, It's late first round, mid-first round, late first round. But the first round nonetheless. And Desmond would be the first player selected in the draft since 1999 when Lee Nalen was taken in the second round, the 43rd pick overall, by the uh, the Charlotte Hornets. You know, other frogs that have been drafted, Kurt Thomas got picked in 1995, and that was the 10th pick in the draft, the Miami Heat. Kurt went on to have a long career. Now, Kenrich Williams has carved out a nice spot with the New Orleans Pelicans. And super proud of him and what he's done. But Kenrich was not drafted, unfortunately. There was some chatter that he might end up as a mid-second round pick or a late-second round pick, but it didn't happen that night. But Desmond Bain, all indications are he's going to get drafted tonight. And one of my favorite athletes ever at TCU – you know, came in as a freshman on that Jamie Dixon team in Jamie Dixon's first year. <clears throat> Had the huge free throws in the Big 12 tournament against Kansas. And led this team so admirably last year. I mean, that was a TCU team that was inconsistent. They struggled. But Desmond was a huge bright spot. Um, he went off in that Baylor game in Fort Worth that led to a victory. And that was probably the best moment of the year for TC men's basketball last season. But my hope, my wish is that Desmond will get drafted by my favorite NBA team, the the Dallas Mavericks. I hope that happens at 18 Mavs picking 18th tonight. I've seen him mock to go there. I've seen him mock to go at 20 to the Miami heat, which would be great. He'd hear a great organization coming off that finals appearance. Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra, they have a culture there. They have a system. I think they would definitely get the most out of Desmond Bain. Uh, The 76ers at 21 have also been a popular place where he's been mocked. I saw possibly the Knicks at 27. I mean, as cool as it would be for Desmond to play in New York, I kind of hope that doesn't happen just because the Knicks are such a trash fire of an organization, but – Bottom line is, for him, his dream is going to come true. And what an incredible story. I mean, this is a guy that was not highly recruited out of high school, came from the state of Indiana, got to TCU, and just continually got better. And at a time now where being a 22-year-old and a four-year college player in the NBA draft is almost like a detriment just because – 19-year-olds and 18-year-olds are getting picked 
you know, in the lottery. And it's so much based on potential and what you're going to project to be and not so much what you are. <clears throat> Good chance that Desmond's a first-round pick tonight. And really excited for him. And I think he's got a chance to be a really good NBA player. I mean, the biggest thing in the league right now is can you shoot threes? And Desmond can definitely do that. He's a dead-eye shooter. He's also a versatile and solid defender. I mean, I think he could guard the two or the three at the NBA level. He's really strong. I mean, he's built built tough, man. Like, just a yoked-up guy. And I think that'll get even better in the NBA. So he's going to be able to hold his own if guys try to post him up in the high post or take him off the dribble or get to the rim. And, you know, I saw some comparisons because he is such a great shooter to, like, Duncan Robinson, who's a, a really good shooter for the Heat. But Desmond's a complete offensive threat. I mean, he can he can get to the rim. You know, he has a, a pretty good mid-range game. He can uh, create his own shot. He's not just a guy that's going to stand in the corner and shoot threes. Now, I mean, that might be his role when he first gets in the league is someone who can come in off the bench, play some defense, and shoot. But he's a – I mean, he turned himself into a complete offensive scorer in college. So, I think given the chance – He can definitely do that at the next level. But what I'm hoping for tonight is that he ends up with the Dallas Mavericks. I think he'd be a great fit in Dallas with Luka Doncic. But regardless of what happens, uh, it should be a good night for TCU fans, TCU basketball fans, and excited to see Desmond Bain get selected, whether that's in Dallas or in Miami or Philadelphia, or New York, <clears throat> whatever it ends up being, it's going to be a great a great day for him and a great time. Um, and a great moment for TCU basketball. I mean, you can't buy this kind of publicity. You can't buy this kind of hype. Again, a historic day. First time since 1999. We're presumably going to get a, a player – a horn frog drafted in the NBA and excited to see where Desmond ends up tonight. But that's tonight at seven o'clock. You can watch the coverage on ESPN and coverage actually start on ESPN U at six, but should be a fun night for the frogs as uh, one of our own is going to get picked in the NBA draft. Mark Cuban, if you're listening, I'm sure you tuned in and locked on horn frogs. Please take Desmond. Like, It'd just be too perfect if he ended up as a Dallas Maverick. Uh, I needed it to happen. I would buy a Desmond Bain Mavs jersey, no doubt. I'm not really a jersey guy. I feel like I'm kind of old enough that that's not something I want to spend my money on. But if Desmond ends up in Dallas, I'll definitely buy a, a Desmond Bain jersey. So tune in tonight to the NBA draft, and we'll recap tomorrow where he ends up and where he goes from here as he gets a chance to start his NBA career. Coming up next, we'll talk some uh, Big 12 football. There's only one game on Saturday, but we'll recap that game, and we'll also get into some news around the league. But first, I want to tell you about Coors Light. Coors Light's the drink that's literally made to chill. 
you're always on the go. You're going to work. You come home. You got family responsibilities. You got things going on around the house. And listen, you can't be expected to be on 24-7. At some point, you got to relax. You got to chill out. And when you do that, grab the drink that's made to chill. Grab a cold Coors Light. And Coors Light's great to drink while you're watching sports. So this weekend, I know it's only Wednesday, but the weekend's coming up fast. What are you going to watch this weekend? There's no TCU football. Tune into some other Big 12 games. Tune into some Big 10 games. Whatever you're going to watch, make sure you have a cold Coors Light. It's the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you need to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. And you can get Coors Light sent straight to your door if you go to get.coorslight.com. Again, that's get.coorslight.com. Please remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's also talk about Built Bar. Built Bar, the protein bars are more delicious than ever. They have six new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake. Cookies and cream is my favorite. I actually tried caramel brownie yesterday. I'm not a big caramel guy, but I enjoyed it. And then they have 12 original flavors like raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, salted caramel, coconut. I'm a huge fan of the peanut butter and the German chocolate. And you might be saying to yourself, Okay, that sounds very rich, it sounds very flavorful, but is it healthy? And yes, the good news is, it is. It's only 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of carbs, so it's good fuel for your body. It's something good to eat before a workout or before a work day. And if you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, you can get 20% off your next order. Again, that promo code is LOCKEDON and it's BuiltBar.com. Back on Lockdown Horn Frogs, Stephen Simcox here with you. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. If you're an Apple Podcast, give me a review. Please give me a five-star review so it's not just my mom and my friends that are uh, promoting that and, and giving it a five-star review. Appreciate it if you give me any feedback, though. And you can tweet at me, at SimcoxSteven, or at Lockdown Horn Frogs. And I'll actually get to a Twitter question in our last segment today. But before we move on to some Big 12 football notes, I did want to say – uh, yesterday I was doing my Pro Frogs report, and as I was recording it, Jeff Gladney was playing, so I didn't get to update you know, his full stats. I think at the time I was doing it, he had one tackle on the night. Well, he ended up having a really good day. He had a tackle towards the end of the game. Vikings were playing the Bears uh, on a screen pass, tackle for loss that was huge. He had two tackles for loss on the night. And I saw on Twitter today he was matched up against Allen Robinson for the majority of the game. And he gave up three targets, only two receptions, and four yards. So a really nice day for Jeff Gladney. Um, obviously, you know, the Bears are struggling on offense. But still, nonetheless, good to see him coming around. And it seems like he's getting better as the year's gone on. Has a really good coach there in Mike Zimmer. So happy for Jeff and uh, just, just good for him. Good to see that he's doing well. Uh, you know, TCU could use some some guys that have some more success in the NFL. It's been sort of hit or miss with the first round picks. Now I, I think Jason Verrett would be in his you know he he's starting to really play well now that he's healthy. But if he would have stayed healthy, would have turned into an absolute star because you can just tell how great he is. And um, yeah, it, it's just too bad that he couldn't stay healthy every single year, the majority of the time, and really put together a nice career so far. But he stayed around in the league. There's some other guys that have hung around. 
But good to see Jeff Gladney doing big things there in Minnesota as he was thrust into a starting role in his rookie season. All right, so let's talk about Big 12. The, on Saturday, you know, usually on Tuesday, I do like a recap of what happened in the conference. Well, there was only one other game aside from TCU's loss to West Virginia, and that was Baylor and Texas Tech. Tech wins 24-23. to Tech is now 3-4 uh, and four on the season, and Baylor's 1-5. So I, I watched the majority of this game. Tech played Alan Bowman for the entire second half, and I don't know. The only thing I can figure is maybe he wasn't healthy, but he's so much better than Henry Columbia. I mean, they were really doing themselves a disservice by having Columbia in there. You saw it last week, aside from C.J. Caesar having a couple busts on some uh, deep routes. And C.J. played better last week against West Virginia, I'll say that. Um, Tech's offense couldn't really do anything, and, and they were very scared and concerned of pushing the ball down the field with Columbia at all. And Bowman walked in there and uh, had a really nice day. Was able to put together some scoring drives, made some big plays. And Tech kicked a field goal at the buzzer to win 24-23. You know, on on Baylor's side, I'm really curious to see what happens if Charlie Brewer ends up deciding to come back next season. Because he has, I mean, he's a senior, but with the extra year of eligibility, he could come back for one more year. He's not an NFL prospect. And I've been shocked that they've stuck with him this long. They have other issues on offense, but I'm just surprised that he's still getting reps as QB1. And if he comes back next season, I don't know. I I think that could be awkward. Now, maybe that staff believes in him fully, and I'm just blowing this out of proportion. But I'm not convinced that they want him for another full season, a fifth year given the way he's playing right now. But that was the one game in the Big 12 this week. Uh, one note that I saw from Anwar Richardson and Texas, Tom Herman at a press conference. So the Horns are playing UT or the Horns are playing Kansas this week. So we can all make our Texas loss to, uh, to Kansas jokes and, and use those accordingly. You know, there, there's rumors swirling about Tom Herman's job security and apparently he said yesterday in the presser he was asked directly about the rumors that urban meyer was going to end up in austin because that's the new hot rumor on all the texas message boards is that urban meyer wants to you know give up his cushy tv gig and go coach and at, at ut he said that it's hurting the longhorns in recruiting because opposing schools just hit print and show it to recruits and use it against texas he described how difficult it is to fight reports by unnamed sources. So Tom Herman alleging that these uh, Urban Meyer rumors are hurting UT in recruiting. I don't know. Honestly, I feel like that might help UT in recruiting <laughs> if, for, for kids to know the possibility that Urban Meyer might end up at, at Texas, which I don't think that's true. But that's uh, in every UT fan's dream journal right now is that he would want to make that move. I'm not sure what exactly saves Herman's job. I mean, I know what the standard is there, and he hasn't met that, but he also hasn't been bad. And they've been 3-0 and in bowl games. So I don't know if a Big 12 championship appearance would save Tom Herman's job. But the folks there are getting restless again, so we could be looking at another regime, regime change in Austin. 
And, you know, one more Big 12 note or, or thing to to know is we got Bedlam this week. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And I've talked for the last few weeks about how I really feel like this conference is opening up for OU to take it and get it done. Well, here we are. This is their chance. This is their chance to take down the Pokes and effectively end their chance at playing for a Big 12 title. Spencer Rattler is gaining more confidence. Oklahoma State looks out of sorts the past couple weeks. Mike Gundy is struggled against Oklahoma. So everything seems to be working in OU's favor. But we'll see how the game actually goes on Saturday. I'm not ready to make a prediction yet. Um, it just feels like OU has found a way to get off the mat. And, you know, Texas really could have ended their season at the Cotton Bowl if, if they could have found a way to get that done. But they couldn't. And OU found some light at the end of the tunnel. They got some uh, some life. And now they have a chance to, to really put the smack down on Oklahoma State and get right back in the mix for the Big 12 title game. We'll get back to TCU, some TCU football news coming up next. This is Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Back on Locked on Horn Frogs, final segment again. Please subscribe on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate you um, making some time for me today. And, you know, one thing you can do, and I'd appreciate it if you if you want to give it a try or try it or, you know, hit me up is you can tweet at me, either at SimcockSteven or at Locked on Horn Frogs. And this is actually something I should have gotten to earlier in the week. But I recorded that podcast on Monday with Matt, and we talked about Gary and what this team's going to look like moving forward. And are we at a point where you start have, having to at least entertain the conversation about, you know, okay, when does – the clock start ticking on GP and when does his seat start to get warm? And I was of the opinion that the first thing they had to do was basically ensure that this offensive coaching staff gets shaken up in the off season, because to me, that's the big problem. I, I think the defense is still really strong. Now, are they a unit that's only going to give up 12, 14 points a game? No, but even with some of the struggles against West Virginia, they still only gave up 24 points. I mean, they really settled in after those first couple drives. And I feel like that's, other than, you know, OU who puts points up on them every year and really puts points on everyone, I, I feel like the defense still does a good job. And that's, I mean, that's Gary's side of the ball. And Tommy at TRF51, uh, he responded to that, you know, podcast we put out on Monday and said, I get the buyout issue with Coach P. Does the university have a, the ability to fire his assistants for him? I work for a university, and if my manager wanted to keep me, but the school wanted to move on, I'd be looking for a new job. I assume the assistants are employees. So, yeah, Tommy, I mean, my basic understanding of that is yes. The school employs the assistants. So, I guess technically they could essentially tell Gary, hey, uh, this needs to happen. you got to get rid of of your offensive coaching staff. You need to bring in fresh blood. You need to bring in fresh ideas and start moving that towards that, uh, that decision. Now, I mean, generally, if you start telling a head coach 
what to do with their coaching staff, um, that's going to put a pretty big strain on the relationship. So to answer your question, yes, I think the university technically could do that. Will they do that? I don't know. I would bet probably not. But, yeah, I wouldn't have a problem if, if Jeremiah Donati went to Gary and said, hey, we, we still believe in you. We want to keep you around. But we need to see some change on this offensive staff because what you're doing right now is not working. And it's not just a weird year that's been shortened and interrupted by the COVID-19 pandemic. It's also – this is a trend. I mean, this is this is not just a one-off thing. This is a trend that's now been an issue for a long time, and some changes are going to need to be made if you're going to be able to stick around and, and continue to do your job and do it at a high level. I also saw this week, Drew Davidson put this out, TCU is still looking to try to play 10 regular season games. Now, obviously, they're not going to be a factor in the Big 12 championship game which is going to be played now December 19th. So December 12th is an option, the week after the Oklahoma State game. Also, the Thursday or Friday, so December 17th or 18th, the couple days leading up to the Big 12 title game, they're not going to play a game on that 19th, on that date, the Big 12 title game date. But those are options as well. SMU is the first choice. They'd basically just reschedule the game that they had scheduled back in September and play the Ponies, and that would be their 10th regular season game. Uh, it would be fun. I think the Iron Skill, it's a fun rivalry. I am, I guess, one of the few TCU fans just based on kind of checking the temperature on social media that still finds the SMU rivalry fun and thinks we should continue it because – it's so historic, and I think it's really interesting that the two teams are located in the Metroplex and they're so close together. The selfish part of me is like, man, if you're sitting at four and five, why not go find somebody like SFA so you can get an easy dub and work on some things? But, I mean, if it ends up being SMU, then yeah, go ahead and get that 10th game. I mean, it, it can't hurt. It's only going to help you. It's another week of practice. It's another chance to uh, – to work some things out and take some risk and take some chances. So I hope they find a way to get this done. I don't know what the probability is, but I mean, those dates are open. So hopefully they can find out a way to situate that with SMU or somebody else and get a 10th game in and get one more regular season game uh, for the fans because it, it reportedly would be a home game in Fort Worth if they got it figured out with whoever the opponent might be. And Jeremy Clark reported yesterday that Tony Wallace, cornerback Tony Wallace, has entered the NCAA transfer portal. He opted out a couple weeks ago because of COVID-19. So not a huge surprise. I know there's some uh, concern about the number of transfers that TCU has seen this year. And it is more than normal. And it's somewhat concerning that's happening during the season. But... I mean, my thing is, I get it. It's a problem. None of the folks that have hit the transfer portal to me are players that are making a huge impact right now. So I'm not too worried about it. But 
it's another concerning symptom of a program that seems to be kind of directionless right now. And you hope that can get corrected, but we'll see. Tomorrow, uh, I might have Jeremy Clark on. I'm going to see if I can find a way to, to get a time nailed down. We traded some texts back and forth, but not sure if that's going to happen. But regardless, I will have a show tomorrow and Friday. Thank you for listening. Make sure you tune in to the Draft Tonight on ESPN. See where Desmond Bain ends up. This has been Locked on Horn Frogs or Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.